0: Now please join me uh, in the bulletin or in your Bible, in John 15:1 through9. Um, John 15:1: "I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already, you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And please pray with me. Jesus, we thank you for these words, and we thank you for the gift of abiding in you, the gift of being connected to you, having freedom and bearing fruit uh, through your love and through your truth. I pray this morning that we would be connected to you, that we would be tapping into your words and your truth, that they would be changing us and that your Holy Spirit would be transforming our hearts. Be with Brian as he speaks and be with us as we take this time to draw near to you. Jesus, we love you and pray these things in your name. Amen. All right. Good morning,
1: everyone. Am I on? All right. Am I on, Russell? I don't think I am. I'll speak. I've got a green light. I invite you to uh, grab your bulletin this morning. You'll need that as we uh, begin. And um, during our, our break time, there it is. During our break time, I was standing back there by the heater, and that's a much better place to be. And I. Thought about preaching from back there this morning, so if, you are, if you're cold this morning, all I can say is just get tough and snuggle a little closer, and if you're single and sitting next to someone you think is kind of cute, this is a great morning for you. <laughs> That's your excuse to get a little closer. We are spending uh, this Sunday morning and then the next two um, clarifying and communicating what we are about as a church. And um, So if you have your bulletin, uh, grab it for a second, I just want to point out a couple things on there. If your eyes are excellent this morning, you will see underneath that little tree branch a sentence in light blue that says the Malibu Gathering uh, exists to share the renewing grace of the gospel by living in Christ with community for others. This morning, we are going to look at one part of that. We are going to look at what does it mean to live in Christ. Um, Next Sunday, we'll look at the community aspect. and the following week, we will look at the um, part of for others. So if we were to say what are we about here at the Malibu Gathering, I would say that, number one, we are about living in Christ. And so we wanted to explore what that means uh, this morning. Uh, G.K. Chesterton Chesterton, um, wrote a a quote uh, in a preface to a book, and it caught my attention this morning. Um, And he wrote this. He said this, that the older you get, the harder it is to use your imagination. He said that if you ask a three-year-old to finish this sentence, quote, once upon a time, Tommy opened the door... A three-year-old will have no problem finishing that thought. But as we get older, we get cynical and say, why would I even want to finish this sentence? Who's Tommy? Who cares? Right? (laughs) So this morning, I asked uh, uh, a young boy here at church this morning to finish that sentence. And he said, um, Tommy opened the door, and there was a carrot there. And then he said, there was a tomato with a pointy head. And he could have just kept going what I want you to do this morning is to use your imagination for a moment whether you're young or old to imagine your life being in Christ what would your life look like if you live your life in Christ if that's how you thought of your yourself as your identity that you were a man or a woman who lived in Christ One of the things that's really interesting um, about the Bible is the Bible um, very rarely uses the word Christian in the Bible. Use a couple, two or three times maybe, depending on the translation. But the Apostle Paul uses the words in Christ over 160 times, um, including the words in him or different forms of in Christ. And so when we think about the Christian life, Um, what happens as you're around church more and if you're around Christian culture more? um, We easily adopt the word Christian, that I'm a Christian. But there are some dangers to that and, and we'll look at that this morning. But when the Apostle Paul uses the word in Christ over and over and over again, that forces us to think a little bit more, to use our imagination to think, what would your marriage be like if you were a person who first and foremost lived in Christ? If you were a single person and you're thinking about your future, what does it mean for you to live in Christ? And so that's an important thing for us to look at because I would say that our church is about learning that and about living that out. And um, probably one of the the most clear places for us to look in the Bible is John chapter 15. The Apostle Paul writes in a very different way than Jesus spoke. Jesus used um, parables and examples and pictures uh, instead of saying things the way the Apostle Paul did. The Apostle Paul would say all these amazing things about being in Christ, but Jesus uses, as we read this morning, a picture of a vine and a branch. Um, And you have that in your bulletin here for one second, and... uh, we have the little picture here, if you, if you have that. And Jesus liked using images. And so what we're going to do is just look at that for a few moments, try to understand what does it mean to live in Christ, and then think through some of the implications, okay? So Jesus begins this way. He says that I am the true vine. And so we'll stop there just for a second because this idea of the vine is really a common way of a common picture um, of what life was to be about, especially in the Old Testament for the nation of Israel. And so what Jesus is saying is this, is that the nation of Israel, was to, they were to be my people. They were to be my people who were a fruitful people. And really beautiful, picturesque language of a. Uh, uh, A life of blessing and beautiful, good things. And Jesus, and in the Old Testament, uses the imagery of fruit and of healthy trees. What happens, though, is that the nation of Israel forsakes God. And so then the picture in Isaiah is that the fruit is rotten, that the fruit is dying, that the fruit is dead. And so Jesus says this, that I am the true vine. And the reason why he says this is this is that we can talk about the Bible, we can do church things, we can talk about worship, we can talk about grace, we can talk about all these things that we talk about, but if we lose sight that Jesus Christ is central to everything, we become dead and or rotten. And you might think, well, we're a church. Isn't that kind of obvious that we are to be about Christ? And I would say, and I would kind of laugh and say, Yes, but how easy is it for us to forget that Jesus Christ is central to everything we do? Think about in your own life. If we say, the common language today is to say, I'm a Christian, but how often do we forget that Christ is the center of our own lives in our everyday life? And so Jesus uses this example to help us better understand. So here's what Jesus says in helping us understand what does it mean to actually live the Christian life. It doesn't mean that we're part of a Christian culture. It doesn't mean that we um, talk about Christianity, that we we just have this set of beliefs, but they don't really impact our lives. So here's what Jesus is saying. To live in Christ is, according according to Jesus, verse four, he says this, that we are to remain In me, or abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is saying that. To live the Christian life means that our lives are directly connected to Jesus Christ. In the, in the picture on the bulletin, and I, I, um, I enjoy trees, and so we were talking about this last night as a family. Another way to think of this is that, that Jesus, he is the tree trunk, and we are the branches, that our lives are so connected to Jesus that we sustain and live life through him. So, when I say that at the Malibu Arch Church we are about living in Christ, number one, that that is the definition of what it means to be a Christian. That your life is directly connected, directly linked to Jesus Christ. Number two, To be in Christ means that our lives are grafted into Jesus Christ. That we are organically connected. That everything we do is seen through that lens. That that is who we are. And Jesus is going to explain this a little bit more to help us understand this. And he says this. That every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes And so to be in Christ means this, is that your life is producing fruit. But part of that also means that Jesus might be pruning your life. Now now what does pruning your life mean? That means that he might be allowing things in our lives, he might be putting things into our lives to help us grow. Jesus Christ is kind and gentle and thoughtful but not always comfortable. And we must know that when we say that we are in Christ, that doesn't mean that life is always comfortable. It means that we are growing and that we are connected to him. Martin Luther, the Protestant uh, reformer from hundreds of years ago, said this when I was reading something that he wrote this week. Along these ideas of pruning and growing, he said this, um, that God might This is kind of funny language. He said that God might actually dump a shovel full of manure on your life to help you grow. Now we have to think about this for a second. Manure doesn't smell very good. That there are effects on our lives that we don't necessarily like. But that is for a greater fruitfulness. And so we have to understand that this is foundational to understanding life that pruning, that things that God allows and brings into our lives are to help us grow. And the question we have to ask ourselves is are you able to see that? Do you have the spiritual eyes to see that the things that maybe you're wrestling right now in your life are things that God has brought into your life to prune you, to help you grow? That the hard things maybe you're dealing with right now, that the struggle or the doubts or the relationship that you maybe you have in your life is there for a purpose, to help you grow, to help you see that you are in Christ, that it isn't always comfortable, but that is designed for your growth. So, Jesus uses this picture that our lives are organically connected to Jesus Christ. We're not talking about just a culture of Christianity, that your life is directly linked to Christ. And that involves pruning. That involves things that might happen in your life that aren't always comfortable, but they're there for a greater purpose, a greater future in your life. Next, Jesus says that this concept of being in Christ means additional things. Look at verse 7. Chapter 15, verse 7 says this. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. So Jesus is going to further explain this, that the words of Christ must be a part of our lives, that the teachings of Christ, that reading and learning and studying the teachings of Jesus are part of what it means to abide in Christ. And Jesus says here that it's conditional, that that a part of the Christian life is having a hunger and desire to know Christ through his word. That is, that is honestly part of the motivation for even having a Bible app or, or anything like that or encouraging people to read the Bibles. It is not to create Bible trivia people at the church. It is to create a love for Christ. That Jesus Christ is the center of everything we do. It is very easy in life to get busy with life, to get preoccupied with other things, to have other things capture our heart. And Jesus says that to be in Christ means that we Abide in his word, that we have a love for his word. And Jesus says then, what does that do? That shapes your desires. Jesus says then, ask whatever you want in my name. For what purpose? To give you a beautiful life, to give you a fruitful life. Jesus goes on and says then, verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So Jesus is making this connection here with our lives, that our lives are directly linked to Jesus Christ and that we are to have a hunger and desire for his word, a hunger and desire to grow in his love. What does that mean? The ability to have a sacrificial love for others, a selfless love for others. To live in Christ means you don't always have to get your way, that you can offer love to other people by listening, by not demanding you get the last voice, the last word, that you're able to hear someone else's perspective, that you're able to have empathy and understanding of other people. So the Christian life, it's not just about being a part of a group of people and just having fun together. There's so many benefits to the Christian life. But what Jesus is saying, first and foremost, is that you are in Christ. What this means then is that we are people who desire to live this out. If we can can be clear about what we do at the gathering, we would say this, that we live in Christ. That everything else is secondary. It is easy to get caught up in the things of the world, to have our identity being other things, all the good things that God gives us. And Jesus is saying, first and foremost, Your life is connected to mine and that is how you live your life. Jesus says something that should cause us to pause for just a moment in verse four when he says this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Think about this for a second in our lives. And the more successful we are, the more accomplishments we have in life, the more challenging that this can be, that our life is to be about abiding in Christ, about remaining in Christ. And if we don't, a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides, abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So the question is, what is your life truly about? The picture here, again, is giving us a beautiful life, a fruitful life, a life that captures your imagination? Where did you land in your imagination of thinking about, if I live my life in Christ, what does that mean to me personally? What does that mean to how you will live your life, how you treat people? The picture is there for us to think through that Jesus gives to us. I read a book this week by a guy named Ray Stedman, and he had... um, He had this little graph here that's on the bulletin. I want you to look at that for one second. And uh, I'll, I'll share more with you, but this just captured my attention for a second. And he writes this, In Christ, you are surrounded, protected, and provided for. When your life is linked to Jesus Christ, think about this for a minute. That whatever you're facing right now in your life, you are protected and provided for. Outside of Christ, you are exposed, you are vulnerable, and you are needy. And Jesus gives us this picture to capture our attention so that we can use our imagination of what life is to be like. Let's look for a few minutes in what the Apostle Paul says are the implications then of a life in Christ. Let me just... Let me just, I'll be brief and try to capture a few things because as I said, Paul uses this phrase 160 times. So it's a dominant part of his thinking. Okay, so I'm going to give you just a few summaries of what the Apostle Paul says. Number one is this. That the mystery of being grafted into Jesus Christ is a reality to be lived out The mystery of being grafted into Christ is a reality to be lived out. One of the things that is meaningful about the Bible is that not everything is answered simply, um, clearly, and easy to understand. Some things are mysterious, and they are intended to be that way. But we are to wrestle with, we are to think through, We are to use our imagination. Think about how valuable this will be for you to think about it this week. To use your imagination this week to what your life would look like, this mystery that Jesus Christ lives in me. We don't say this about anything else. Think about this for a moment. We are, uh, I would say most of us here probably are American citizens. We do not say, I live in George Washington. I live in Abraham Lincoln or whoever your favorite American is. Jesus is saying something here mysterious. And the Apostle Paul picks up on this too. And Jesus does this too when he says that Christ also lives in you. In fact, if you remember a little bit later um, in, in John's Gospel, Jesus says this, it is better for me to leave because the Comforter is coming and the Comforter, the Holy Spirit will live in you. And so Jesus is saying there's this mysterious dynamic that's happening. Christ in you and you in Christ. Use your imagination to what your life will look like when you understand that. Paul does that, and here's what he says in the book of Romans. He says this, that when you are in Christ, you are justified, that you are made right with God that you are a part of God's family, that your relationship with God is one of peace, that God loves you, that you are made right in his eyes. Second Corinthians, Paul says this, that all things are made new. I'm going to go back to that in one second. In Galatians, Paul writes this, in Christ, you are crucified, that your old life is gone, that your life is new in Christ. In Ephesians, You are in Christ and you are resurrected and ascended. In Philippians, you are in Christ, whatever the circumstances of life. And Paul goes on and on and on and wants us to understand more than anything else who you are in Christ. If you have your Bible, turn for just a second to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and there are are just passages after passages that are so meaningful to help us understand this. Paul says this, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, Paul is saying if any person has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He is a new creation. The old has gone away. Behold, the new has come. And this is what we have to think through for a second. There is something within us that we want to hold on to our past. And Paul is saying that in Christ, Everything in the past, the mistakes we've made, the things that have brought shame or guilt, the mistakes that we've made, Paul says that we are new in Christ and that we are looking forward and living our life in Christ. That Christ wants to bless you. He wants your life to be beautiful. In Colossians, he says something else that's meaningful about this. He says this, Chapter 1, verse 9 of Colossians. We have not stopped praying for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of him. Um, Paul is saying this, that our life in Christ fills our lives, fills our hearts, fills our life with meaning so that we can live in a new way, that our lives are strengthened in Christ. Paul's teaching, the teaching of Jesus, reminds us, teaches us that who we are, that our lives are not our own, That and when you become a follower of Christ, when you become a disciple, you follow Christ. I was talking to uh, the boys this week, and one of the things that we've... Uh, mandated for our boys when they were little was uh, that they did uh, junior lifeguards. And we talked about the idea of um, what does it really mean to be a disciple of Christ or to be a follower of Christ? And, and it was the idea of the boys, we were just talking. Well, if you have a, um, a, a rabbi, Jesus talked about a rabbi being a teacher and you have a disciple, um, the disciples kind of do what the teacher says. And I said, Well, right, like when you're in junior lifeguards and um, the captain or one of the, the guards says to do something, what do you do? And they'd be like, Well, we did, we did it. And I was that's, like, That's exactly right. But what happens in, as you get older in life and Jesus says things like this Abide in me, find your life in me. You're my disciple. I'm the teacher. I'm the rabbi. What do we do? We start. Dragging our feet when, when it's asked to do something that's not quite so comfortable. When we're getting pruned a little bit. When a little bit of manure is thrown on your life to make your life more beautiful in the future. We drag our feet. That's true of all of us. That growing is hard. And we have to be aware of that. That, that the Christian life, I think I said this last Sunday. The Christian life is not easy, but it is possible. And what is the alternative? Life on your own? Life independent of Christ? And where does that lead? The reason why Jesus uses this picture of a fruit tree is because it's beautiful. It captures our attention. There is a place um, in Vancouver, Canada. I hope you can go there sometime. And it's called the Bouchard Gardens. And it is one of the most spectacular gardens I've ever been to in my life. And here's what happens. You walk around and you go, oh. And you walk around and you go, oh, oh. And things capture our attention. Beauty captures our attention. This happens a few times a year, where, just where we live right here. Westward Beach in the wintertime, if there is a really, really large swell and the ocean is just firing. Is the beach crowded with people looking? It's packed, and people are going, oh, and all these men are out there hooting and hollering, making noises like the little kids make, grown men. Why? Because something beautiful, something powerful has captured their attention. And we're all looking for that. We all want that. We all want a life that is beautiful and fulfilling. And if you look at it, if you look for it for anything other than Jesus Christ, it won't satisfy. That's why Jesus uses the picture of the grapes, of the vine, of this beautiful fruit tree. For you to see that with your imagination, to see what kind of life he wants to give you. If you consider the gathering your home and someone asks you, what is the gathering all about? We are about learning together what does it mean to live in Christ. We're not about just some church that, meet, that we meet outside, that we, we have this kind of funky like little tent thing in dirt. All that stuff is fine, but that is not what we're about. We are about learning together to find our identity, find our meaning, and following Christ wherever that leads us. Even if that means some pruning, even if that means a little bit of pain, we're going to grow together. Let's pray. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would would warm our hearts to the picture that your Son, Jesus Christ, uses to teach. That we are to remain in you. That we are to abide in you. That we are to find our hope, our truth, our identity in Jesus Christ alone. Father, I pray that you would help us to see that if you are pruning our lives, that we can see that it's for a greater good. Father, I pray that we would not fear that, that we would not run away from that, that we could see it, that it's a loving, gentle thing that you do sometimes. Father, we love you. We want to be found in you. We want to remain in you. We want to love the way you do. Father, I pray that as we conclude in worship that we would be able to just sit quietly for a moment and not rush off to the next thing, but to contemplate, to use our imagination of what it means to be found in you. Thank you for what you're doing here. We love you. In the name of Jesus, amen.